Hello everyone, welcome to Media Haven Podcast. This is episode three with your host Saint. As you know, Media Haven Podcast is a podcast in which we talk about various forms of media that includes games, movies, TV shows, etc. Alright, I'm joined today by my my friend Kevin. Kevin, go ahead and say hello. Hello, hello. And today's topic, we will be talking about Moonlight. So Moonlight is a movie that I enjoy a lot. It is a great coming of age story, especially for it being about a black man in an environment in which we don't normally see or we're not normally told about. And so Moonlight is a three-part story. It follows the life of Chiron, who is the son of... He's no other way to put it. He's a crack baby. And Mm. while he is a crack baby, he is also homosexual. And he's in a community in which he is currently being bullied for being for being homosexual and for his mother being a crack addict. Yeah, now those, those two things are about as flammatory as it gets in the, yes in an elementary school environment. Yes. You're not gonna hear the end of it at the lunch table ever. So the movie shows us Chiron's life in three different parts. Uh part one being little where Chiron is a child at this age and he's understanding that you know he's gay and his mother does crack. Part two is where we see teenage Chiron, and that part is called Chiron. And then part three is where we see adult Chiron, that part being called Black. Now, Kevin had not seen the movie up until very recently. Mm. And it was a pleasure to rewatch that movie with Kevin. It was the fourth, maybe the fifth time I had seen that movie, and I enjoyed that movie a great deal. So, Kevin, I'd like to start off by asking, what did you, what did you think about your first experience of Moonlight? Oh, oh man, my first I mean that that movie's that movie's well put together, isn't it? I mean that that just the I mean the colors, the way it, it pulls you into, you know, into Juan as a character of interest immediately. Yes. Just I mean the the camera wastes no movement. They they always, you know, have you pay attention to exactly what you need to be paying attention to at all times. That that to me is is just just a sign of 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 attention and and uh, you know just kind of the kind of uh, they understood that in order to tell this story as intimately as possible the craftsmanship had to be up there to go with it because if the movie is poorly made in any you know in any degree it 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 cheapens it cheapens the story as a whole yes so the closer you know the closer it is to, to bringing you in and making you feel claustrophobic if Chiron's feeling claustrophobic. To making you feel uh, sorrowful and 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 you know heavy with heavy with guilt. Um, the movie does that, right? It puts you it puts you in 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 the character's shoes with the you know with the music with 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 everything the character cares about being shown to you and and how the you know all all these types of vulnerability and everything. I mean that. That that thing is personal. That movie is is intimate when it comes to this to the feelings it addresses. Man, it's very very intimate. Yeah. So, a thing I want to address very quickly before we continue forward. The movie introduces us again to Chiron as a main character, um, portrayed by Trevante Rose as adult Chiron, Ashton Sanders as teenage Chiron, and Alex Hibbert as little child Chiron. Um, we are introduced to Chiron's best friend Kevin. Portrayed by Andrea Holland as an adult Hello. and Jarrell Jerome as his teenage version, Jaden Piner, excuse me, Jaden Piner as child Kevin. 
um, Mahershala Ali as Juan, who is a That's drug right. dealer. Yes, sir. Mahershala Ali is currently one of my favorite actors. Uh, he portrays Juan, who is a father figure to Sharon, but also be the drug dealer. Janelle Monet as Sharon's surrogate mother, who is also the girlfriend of Juan. Naomi Harris as Paula, Sharon's abusive mother. And there's one other character. He's not too important throughout the entirety of the movie, but he is the bully to Sharon that we see in his teenage years. And so he's, he's relevant. He's relevant in, in the direction in which Sharon's life went. Yeah. So he's on mostly screen relevant. Time, on for, screen time. Yeah. Part two. Isn't. Part two is mostly where we see a lot of him and his impact. And so I want to speak on Juan's character because Juan's character stuck out to Definitely. me a great deal. We see Juan a brief amount of time on screen. And the point in time that we do see Juan, Juan always comes in and he delivers a great deal of information and a, just a great deal of mess of a message to Chiron in his adolescence. And so the first time we see Chiron confront the fact that he, you know, might be gay and that his mother might do drugs is when he speaks to Juan about it. And Juan has to, you know, face the reality that he is a person involved in the reason why Chiron's mother is the way she is. Because through his actions, whether directly or indirectly, Juan contributes to the drug epidemic that is currently running rampant in the city in which Chiron grows up in. Mm-hmm. And through his, also, his actions as well is how Chiron's mother, you know, gets the drugs that she uses. He's an active uh, propagator. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now... In Sharon's adolescence, the first thing that we see happening to him is him being bullied for him being gay. And this is where he first runs into Juan. Now, we don't see any action of Juan ever addressing the topic because to him, it doesn't matter. You know, Sharon's just a, Sharon's just an, another kid who he doesn't really want to end up on the streets, despite the fact that that is a life that Juan does live. And while taking Sharon under his wing, you know, Juan also has to address some flaws in his own character. So when Sharon and Juan have the conversation about Sharon's mother being a drug addict and Sharon being homosexual after, you know, being hazed, it's a very interesting turning point for Juan's character. While brief, it is something that is very crucial. Yeah, the conflict the conflict's there. It's as deep as any in the in the film, most certainly. I mean, he's he's dealing with an a full on identity crisis at one point in the movie. Yeah, because you know it's. I remember you saying this when we had watched the movie. It is very hard for you, a person who contributes to this this problem, having to now address the fact that this is something that whether you realize it or not, you helped to create, and right. this is the you result of your actions. You stare the consequence in the face. Yeah, that's that's difficult, man. That's that's difficult, especially after after most likely, you know, perhaps at some point you feel guilt over it. Perhaps you don't. But you think about it. Right. You you might. There's no way you're not. You know, you're not in a whip and you're looking out. You're riding around, you know, and you're not and you're, and you're seeing these things. You're seeing the state of the streets. You're seeing the state of, you know, the people you're seeing. You're seeing this stuff that you're surrounded by. And, you know, you play an active role in it. 
but you're getting your bread. You know, you're getting, you're getting your money. You gotta do what you gotta do. So, and if it's all you know, it's it, that's that's just that's just game, right? It's name of the game. Yeah. So the part the part that you play gets downplayed. I feel you know for you personally for you in terms of in terms of the guilt that you allocate on yourself, it just it kind of goes out the window partially because again, it's just game. Game was like this before you you were born. It's gonna continue like this after you know long after. It's just the way of the world, and um, and man, Juan Juan isn't on screen for all that long, but he's the first thing we see, right? Yes. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, he's the first thing we see. So this is my first running with uh with uh Mahershala Ali. I heard a lot about him. I hadn't really you know watched any of his movies uh to any degree um before this, so this was really my first time seeing him on camera in the first place, and um, dude. He, whenever he was on screen, man, immediately, I just, I see my pops, I see my uncle, I see my two older brothers. Pretty much, I see anyone I could have possibly had as a role model or an influence on me growing up. Any, any, you know, any figure of that kind behaved, talked, walked exactly like Juan, exactly (laughs) like it. So... Despite the film, you know, obviously centering around the, you know, the 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 struggles that came with the bullying, you know, for being gay, for Chiron, stuff like that. I couldn't relate to that, you know, particular struggle. Yeah. I couldn't rela- relate to that set of challenges. But I could relate to to the struggle with vulnerability that men in that in that life feel, bro. It's it was it touched me so much. I couldn't I couldn't take my eyes off the movie. The way they address certain topics, the way they, the conversations, the way they go, it's so realistic. It's it's almost as if two people were really having the talk that they're having and were confused about how to talk about it. Yes. Right? That's yes. so difficult to do in a movie because in movies, they're going to give you, you know, they might give you the cheesy dialogue that, you know, the, the character knows exactly what to say, when to say it. People don't talk like that, especially when it's a matter, it's a subject so sensitive that it's important to you and any miss any miss uh any misspeaking could result in a confusion that will cause more harm than good right so had juan said the wrong thing wrong time wrong tone it could he could have done more damage regardless of his intentions right yeah so you hold on to a lot of what you what you want to say you know originally and you process it and as a grown man is processing what to say they realize, wow, I can't, I can't even say nothing because I would be a hypocrite in what I'm saying. They evaluate the, their character at literally mid sentence. The acting performance that that man put on in that movie was was top tier. I mean that that conversation, I, and and I think you, uh, you know, I, you may know uh, the conversation I'm I'm talking about about mid midway through the movie between Sharon yeah. and Juan. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, hopefully the the audience uh, does as well. It's about you know somewhere between f- half to sixty five percent of the yeah, movie. It's a, it's a decent it's early a complete, portion of the movie. Yeah, it's a complete it's a complete tone shift for the movie. It's it's I mean it's the way they do the way they do pauses, the way they add weight to words that really would have that weight in real life is is expertly. It's one of the most human movies I've seen in in so in so long. Despite me not being able to relate to half of the struggle of the protagonist, the other half was just was just so perfectly done. So so I mean, 
it was just it was it was enthralling. I I I'm I'm gonna give it another watch soon. I I was thinking about it for about two weeks straight once I finished it. To be completely candid with you, I see why you watched it five or six times. Yeah, like I. The first time I watched that movie, I don't remember how. I think I came across a movie myself, uh, just by accident. And I believe, oh no! So I was actually on Twitter, and I remember this movie trending. And the sole reason why I watched the movie to begin with was Mahershala Ali was in it. I had known nothing about the movie aside from the fact that Mahershala Ali was in it, and I had seen him in Luke Cage as you know Cottonmouth, one of the antagonists of the first season. So I. I watched the movie going in completely blind and I was taken aback when I saw it. Like, it was a topic that yeah, while yeah. I would not fully be able to relate to, it was just a, a scene that was beautiful to witness. Because, again, it's a coming-of-age movie about not only a child who is, you know, the result of a crack epidemic in his city, but he's also a child who is growing up gay at a point in time in which it's not a topic discussed. Because being gay is not a topic commonly discussed amongst Amongst black people. No, no, that's that about as taboo as it gets, man. Yeah. So seeing a a black coming of age film about, you know, a, a crack baby child who is homosexual was a very interesting movie for me to see and witness on screen, especially with the way, as you said, the dialogue was handled. Because as I watched the movie, the dialogue felt very human, very organic. Like it felt like somebody was telling me their personal life story, and provided me with insight to a world that I would never be able to understand. Mm-hmm. And I thought that also, as well as the fact that the movie was structured itself in three different parts to so show how, you know, like how this affected this person in these different aspects of their life. I also think that the actress portrayed, you know, each emotional scene very well. With and, absolute realism. I mean, it really, oh, the body language, it just makes you feel the the pain, the confusion, the anger, you know, the disappointment, you know, because there's some there's some scenes where the mom is, you know, staring at, at right, looking down on on Chiron very disappointingly or, or condescendingly, and yeah. it's it's very visible the disgust in her eyes, yes. and, you know, it's it's an, it's crazy, it's crazy how how that can affect you know, how that can affect you mentally, you know, I mean, obviously you would definitely want to detach and, and shut down after that, it's it's. I never seen disgust captured so well on screen yeah, like that. In a it was seconds. beautiful. It was that was just a stare down of a uh, man. That was a traumatizing stare down right yeah. there. And we see it because when we're introduced to his mother, the first time is when, you know, she was supposed to pick up Sharon from school, but she was nowhere to be found, and he was missing for a whole day. Right. And when he finally, you know, ended up home because Juan brought him home, her response was that of you know, a very aggressive woman. It came off as concern for for her child, but then... But also defensive. Yeah. Like, she... Like, while we understand that, yes, this is the mother re- reacting to her, her son missing, it was all... It also felt like it was a mother reacting to her property being lost. Right, or her... Or or kind of her questioning, like, oh, you know, yeah, my property may be lost, but, you know, what do you think that says about me? What do you... What are you trying to say about me? You know, what do you what do you think? What do you think this is? You think you know? You think I'm a bad? Like she kind of immediately starts projecting stuff onto, onto yeah, onto Juan um, at that point in the movie. And something I want to also branch off into real quick is 
Chiro's relationship with his friend Kevin. Um, so we see, you know, we see their relationship develop from their adolescent days, like when they're both kids. And of all the kids that mock Sharon, Kevin was not one of them. Right. And while we don't see much of Kevin in his in his younger days, we do see that Kevin in his teenage days now is a much more sexually active child, right? And so he is, excuse me, so, so he is still friends with Sharon who is still being bullied by most of his peers because Sharon is obviously different. Sharon is now a, a teenager who is known for, for potentially being gay and for his mother being a crack addict who also, also turned to a prostitute. Just all kinds of all kinds of uh, you know roastable roastable be fuel for for you know for yeah. a boy in, in his in his situation you know in school or in you know just in the hood in general yeah you can't you know you can't have those things tied onto your identity you know you're not gonna live that down or they're not gonna let you yeah they're not they it's just it's high school <laughs> high let school's let you, brutal yeah. so now. We see that Kevin is still, you know, still friends with Sharon, still looks out for him until one day Sharon is on the way home, being chased down by bullies. He can't really go home because his mother, you know, his mother resents him. And once again, she's a prostitute, so she needs the home for herself. So he's out late at night and he runs into Kevin at the beach. And the two of them sit down and they have a conversation. And I, I think it's a very this was a very well-placed scene and a very well-put-together scene. Because while the two of them are sitting there, you know, talking about life and everything on the beach, Sharon makes a, a comment in which he asks Kevin if, you know, Kevin ever cries or if he ever feels like crying. Right. very uh, Kind of like a probing question, like a yeah. toe in the water. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't go... You know, full full nosedive yet, but you know, let me let me test the waters real quick. Yeah, you yeah, you ever cry, bro? That's a, it's it's crazy. That's exactly how dudes do it. You know, it's it's depending on how uh, depending on the uh, on the level of emotional, I guess, intelligence or sensitivity that you were raised around. That is word for word, exactly how uh, somebody who isn't around that kind of intimacy and vulnerability would ask that question. Yes, you know, it's exactly how how you know, like, hey, man. You just dodge, just dodge around it and stuff like that. It's 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 crazy. And in and in this scene when he asks that question, you know, Kevin Kevin kind of looks at him and he laughs, but he understands what he means because Kevin himself has also felt that same way. And so he right. does respond by saying, you know, like there are times where you know there are times that I that I do feel like crying. And Sharon responds by saying, like I feel like crying all the time. And when mm-hmm. when asked why, he just says about everything, right? Right. And then there's a there's a bit of silence where the two of them just just kind of look at each other, and then the realization happens, where you know Kevin, Kevin understands finally understands that you know like my friend my friend is is gay, and this is something that he himself has you know been running away from because he he saw what happened to his friend he saw what has been happening to Sharon his whole life for being gay and nobody would accept him, but the two of them came to the understanding that. That this is something, this is a moment between the two of them that they can share. While nobody right. else would allow them to, they know that the two of them can share. When it. nobody else could grant this a moment like this to one, the, you know, nobody else could have granted this for one another other than them, them two, based yes. on the history. 
And so the two of them, you know, they share this moment and there is a there is a sex scene here and it is a very intimate moment. And then and then, you know, it kind of cuts away. They they, you know, they go home, they don't really speak on it. And it's kind of an awkward situation because now they don't know how to address it. Well, they kind of keep it pushing though. Yeah. They kind of just joke around, go back to, you know, all thanks for the ride and then keep it pushing. Yeah. Regularly scheduled programming, or at least they try to from, you know, from what we see. That's when the movie cut, cuts into the whole, you know, Juan situation. Yeah. And then, and now, the following, following that same event, we see that the same person that bullies Tyrone asked Kevin after they had just had this intimate moment to, to you know, to jump Tyrone, to beat on Tyrone. Um, right. And despite not wanting to, you know, Kevin Kevin realizes what he kind of has to do. Because if it's one thing if Sharon is ostracized, right? He knows that Sharon, for whatever reason, can still get back up, can still walk it off. But in the process of doing it, he he regrets having to do it. And you can see the regret in him having to do it when he's first presented with it, with the, the task of beating down Sharon. Right. And then in but the process they, they of meeting, what happened? They never indicated that it was it, it would be Sharon who they would be doing the attack on. It's more like, yo, you know, if you if I asked you to do this, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't punk out, right? You know, you yeah, wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't back down, right? That's that's not you, is it? Yeah, of course not, of course not. You know, all right, I'll let you know what the I'll let you know what the mission is. It's like it was a setup off, yeah, off rip, you know. But he 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 wasn't he didn't know he didn't know it would it would be his boy falling victim. And so when he has to do it, like you, you see the instant regret in him choosing to to go through with his act. But he still has to follow through. And in Sharon's face, you see that, like there's a bit of there's a bit of anger, a bit of resentment. But he knows what he's doing, and he knows why he's doing it. There's definitely, um, I don't want to say commitment, but but there's a lot of resolve. From from uh Sharon right there, there's a lot of there's a lot of determination, you know, kind of like a a, a display of will, I guess, that that ar- arose from that moment. Definitely, I, I I feel like it was a it was a turning point for Sharon in terms of, all right, you know, I may not I may not be, you know, be able to fight back that you know as because I'm not as big as the everybody else, but. I'm gonna get my ass up, you know. I'm I'm gonna get my ass up, and this isn't gonna knock me down, you know. I'm I'm gonna keep getting back up. Yeah. So it, it was kind of symbolic for him, and just in general, because he stood up to his bullying directly. He stood up to to the pressure to to fit in and be like everybody else. He wasn't, you know, he didn't have to feel that no more. He was gonna stand up and be his own, you know, be his own thing. Yeah, he may not have, he may not have been ordinary or, or conventional, right? Yeah. But. He was going to stand up and do his thing. You know, he was going to be him. Yes. So it's interesting how the movie went from the sexual the sexual moment between them that remained, that, you know, later on went to remain unspoken for, all, for, for who knows how long. And then that took all his, you know, just sexual desires and stuff like that. That took a backseat to, uh, to the stuff that came in life for him after. You know what I mean? And yes. Because we get to see, we get to see him address and say, you know, Nobody, nobody's ever touched me, you know, before or since then. You know, no man has ever placed his hands on me. Yeah. And so, 
this comes at a point we get that piece of information after Chiron had transformed, um, now being an adult, right? Yes. And had and now having taken up that way of life, that way of life that Juan was in, because it became available to him when he had nothing else. Yeah. Might as well, might as well be hard. You know what I mean? Might as well just do do what's do what you can, what you seem to be good at, and just keep it pushing. You know, just just play the game, play the game that's always yeah. been there. So. And just to add on, so the transition from teenage Sharon to adult Sharon, we see it right after, right after Sharon had been, you know, had been bullied and been beaten up. He returns to school the next day, and the person that bullied him, he hits him over the head with a chair. That's right. That's and right. the scene ends off with Sharon being taken away by the cops and being sent off to to juvie. Mm -hmm. And then we transition to adult Sharon now leaving prison because again, right. he not he now took up the life of a criminal. And now now already having the you know. Just the the, it was already visible. He was in the line of work, right? Yeah, it was already you know that uh, you know that's that like was like thing. we that's know that this is doing. this is what he has in his entire adulthood. This is not what he does. Mm -hmm. And why they never show they actually show one scene where we see Sharon, uh, adult Sharon, you know, doing his criminal activities. It's just him, it's just him counting up money and you know coming off as a lot more. A lot more masking, a lot more, a lot yeah, more bold, a lot more brash, intimidating. Masculine. Yeah, a lot more conventionally masculine in terms of you know imagery and stuff. Yeah, and then it we you know we transition from that that masculine and you know gangster Sharon to Sharon visiting his mother who is now at a at a clinic. Right? She had a rehab center. Yeah, right? a rehab center. Yeah, yeah. And you know we see a bit of. I don't want to say hate, but a bit of resentment for his mother because of the way he nah, treated him growing up. Nah, there's some conflicting stuff. Yeah, there. like there's he some, there's some trauma there for real. Because you know that's his mother, and he loves his mother because it's kind of just it's just what you do. Only one, only when you got. And you know he he has to now address the fact that this woman that had been involved in his life for quite some time was abusive to him and. You know, she's now telling him that she recognizes her failing as a mother, not not loving him when he needed to be loved and not guiding him in the right direction and living the life that she did. And now having to look at the results of her own actions, staring her back in her face, which is a common theme that we see. We constantly see that Chiron is the result of various people's different actions and them it's, having it's to look at him. Because, uh, you know, Juan had to do the same thing, stare his you know consequences back, you know, right back in the face. And then she had to do it and, and, and acknowledge her transgressions and, you know, ex just explain to him I was messed up. I made wrong. I just made the wrong choice at every turn. I was just I was ignorant. And, you know, her compass in life wasn't set right, you know, and, and that's just what that's just what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. That just happens to a lot of a lot of people who who turn out to, you know, turn uh, end up doing a good deed for someone else. Did a horrible deed at some point in the past, right? It's, yes. It's, it's 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 like that. People need to grow into that. People, so it takes some people longer than others. Maybe you grew up, you know, in a, in a situation in life where you were around people who, you know, didn't knew knew the knew the errors, uh, not the errors, but 
knew the dangers of of you know of drugs, then you don't look at it, right? Because if 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 your older brothers and 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 mom and and aunts all telling you, you know, don't mess with that stuff, don't don't get into that stuff, you know, people are gonna try to talk you into it. Don't pay attention when that's when your support system, when that environment puts it, you know, makes certain things not even a possibility for you. You don't go, you don't you don't go down that route. But she never did that for him, right? She never placed any barriers, any discipline, any anything to help him develop in a certain in a certain way the streets really raised him yeah right juvie raised him because yes. he did some time time because when he went in you know he's he could have been 15 16 he came out a man you know he came out 21 yeah. 22 years you know because what happened to my older brother was it was a similar situation in school and that got him suspended right then he got into a fight with my my, my other older brother right i have two of them they yeah. got into a fight at home um, and my grandma caught, she she kind of caught a stray, right? She kind of ca- caught a hit. Um, she got hit in the chest and, you know, ended up in the hospital because they're, they're strong dudes. So they did some time in juvie. And then in juvie, it almost seemed like every time they were about to get out, something would happen within the juvie where they get into another fight or they just do something to push back the, to push back the time, right? So this rehabilitation, it didn't really, it didn't really do anything in that regard. Because it just there was nothing to get back out home to, you know what I mean? There was nothing to get home to. There was no, there was, there was, there was just you might as well stay in where you are because you might end up worse than where you are. You know what I mean? That was a big mindset that he had as I would talk to him, you know, over the weekends and on the phone. And that's it's it's very safe to assume that that's what happened to Chiron to some extent. That that he you know get got caught up in the system, did the time. Ended up doing more time than he maybe needed to. Learned the system by way of it. And it's it's where his, you know, it's, he kind of put his hands up and said, well, this is just where it's taking me. Yeah. This is just where the current is taking me. And, you know, he recognized Juan, you know, his, his only role model that he really had. And said, well, Juan was hard, you know. I'm, I've been around this. I might as well. Yeah, like nobody and, fuck with Juan. They're not going to fuck with me if I'm, if I'm just like Juan. Yeah, because Juan had his respect. Juan, Juan, you know, Juan was good. He had stripes wherever he went, you know. He was he was recognized. Dudes, you know, he 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 went up to go check somebody at one point. It was like, yo, my bad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Juan, he was, you know, he had the respect. He was demanding the end for, for a kid who we just saw get bullied, you know, in a movie 40 minutes ago. But, you know, in life. That's that's that sticks with you, right? It doesn't matter if it happens at age five, six, seven, eight, nine, whatever. When it happens, it, it, it affects you. It leaves a you know, it leaves a, a mark on you. Yeah, and you grow up around it. And so, I mean, for a dude to want to be, you know, to go from being bullied to being hard, having the fronts, you know, the grills on, and and just carrying this appearance, regardless of it of whether it's them or not, it just seems like a convenient option all around. All around in life, when you're in a position with, you know, no role models, people people messing with you, people picking on you, you know, you're, you're seen as weak or whatever, and you're not sure what to do from a career standpoint, you know, it's just not something you've been able to pay attention to, because, bro, you spent your whole life depressed, you spent your whole time, you know, just trying to get yourself to school, you know, because your mom wasn't doing nothing, she wasn't doing nothing for you, and then on top of that, you know, no father figure, so you spent your whole, you know, childhood and adolescence raising yourself, you know, uh, avoiding ended up like your mother, you know, you don't, which is the closest thing to a role model you have. Yeah. And then Juan comes around and he shows you that, yeah, on paper, you know, he's the bad guy. Yeah. On, on paper, on paper, police gonna tell you these people are ruining society. They're gonna tell you they're damaging the streets. 
But as a dude who lived, bro, I, bro, I went from project to project for a little bit. You know, um, I moved around a lot. There were dudes like that everywhere. There were dudes that, that again, like my, like my pops, like my uncle, who recognized, you know, they recognized me as being, as being their son or, or, or their, you know, their blood. And man, the level of, of, of respect and care that you would get from these, you know, quote unquote, you know, delinquents, man, you know, the criminals, they, yeah. they, they be on the block. The level of respect, like, yo, you know, yo, you know, you, you, you Polo's kid, right? You, you, you need nothing. You need something, bro. You need some new kicks. You need a new, whatever. Yo, here's, here's a hundred. Here's, you know, whatever. That was crazy to me as a kid. That was, that was nuts because it seemed like the people who treated us kids with the most respect was them because, you know, a part of them didn't want, didn't want us to end up like that. You know what I mean? But at the same time, they felt like, they felt like protectors, man. You know what I mean? Like they felt when you grow up in that environment, bro, they, they just feel like, like they're looking out for you. You know what I mean? Cause sometimes, you know, hoods, hoods be in turf wars. They'd be doing their thing. And it always felt like, you know, you had, you had that, they, they almost felt like protection. You know what I mean? Like neighborhood watch, man. And so it's very easy to grow up idolizing these guys. That's a very, that's a very realistic, that's a very realistic portrayal of that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like somebody wakes up and says, you know, I can't really figure it out. You know, I don't know what I want to study in college. I'm going to be a criminal. You know, I'm going to trap. Yeah. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. Nobody, nobody wants to end up there. And you got to like, look at it too, because again, he went straight from straight from Juvie because he, he told us in the movie, it, he covers it because he talks to Kevin about it in his adult life and, yeah. and says, you know, honestly, after, while I was, while I was in Juvie, I had some contact with some people and I've just been, I've just been doing this ever since. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that, that's something you just don't walk away from. Yeah, they showed you the ropes and hey, might as well, man, might as well get the, you know, get the bread. Yeah, because once you start, once you start, where, where do you go from there? Like everything else, it just doesn't seem like an option anymore because there's no point. And you recognize that there's no point because when you do it the good way, as we, as we see it, when you do it the right way as, as Sharon believes he has, you know, bigger people come and knock you down. And then right. pe- people like Juan are the one that rise up. And also in the third part, the final part of the movie, you know, where the where the climax is, we we see that Sharon, adult Sharon now runs into adult Kevin after adult Kevin decides to make contact with him. Right. And Sharon visits Kevin, who now works at the diner. And the two of them talk. And they talk about their lives. They talk about the different direction their lives have gone into. You know, Kevin telling Sharon that he has now a father. He has a, mm-hmm. he has a child with his ex-girlfriend from high school. And even though he's not particularly with the girl, he is still a present role That's in this child's role. life. Yeah, yeah. Sharon tells Kevin that, you know, after high school and everything, he, you know, he became a he became a gangster. He became a drug dealer. He he ran trouble, the streets. Trouble kind of followed him, and he just learned the ropes and stuck with it. Yeah, he's trapping. Yeah, and so the two of them talk. They talk about how just you know life took them down some crazy paths. Kevin apologized for what went down in high school. Sharon kind of just brushes it off, and then the two of them head back to Kevin's apartment. Where they 
you know, they talk and it, they see it's that. It's inferred, yeah, that yeah. they rekindle in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. And the movie ends off, you know, right here, where the two of them are in this are in this apartment. Sharon looks at Kevin and tells him that ever since that one day, he had never been intimate with anybody else. Never allowed himself to be. And that is the final lines of the movie. The two of them just look at each other, comfort each other, and that's it. And the only thing, the final thing we see is Sharon remembering himself when he was a kid, staying on a beach. And that's the end of the movie. Right. And I think Which we're having... amazing. And just an open-ended, mm-hmm. an open-ended ending like that is, is interesting because it's like, what happens, what happens for these characters there? So you know, what did you get out of the ending? So the first time around, when I watched it, I thought about, you know, I thought about the, the typical happy, happy ending. You know, the two of them. Well, happily ever after, yeah. they're together now. Very cool. Right. And then I, you know, after the other times I watched the movie again, I kind of looked at it in a more realistic manner. Now, Kevin, Kevin has his own life now, right? Kevin is or a chef at a diner with a with a kid and he's like, while it may not be the the most financially fulfilling lifestyle it's something that he's content and happy with right right it brings him satisfaction yeah so it's a life that he's happy in and while Sharon is his friend you know Sharon is is a person that means a great amount to him the two come from different lives now. Because again, we see that Sharon is, in fact, dealing dealing with drugs. He's, done the, he's doing the same thing Juan is doing. Mm-hmm. And it's a matter of those two lives don't mix. Because, you know, eventually, Sharon's going to get caught up. Yeah. Exactly like what happened to Juan well, about yeah. you know, two-thirds into the movie. Yeah, like Juan got caught up. You know, he he died. He left behind his girlfriend who's who, to our knowledge, is still single, right? Right, because they do uh, call her widowed at, uh, at some point. In the yeah. And Sharon is is following in the same footsteps. So it's only f- right and fair to assume that the same thing is going to happen to Sharon. So, so that's, that, that right there, the following of the footsteps, is uh, what I got from the ending. So mm-hmm. at first, you know, first impressions, you get, okay... They're probably going to, you know, get it on now and, you know, rekindle and, you know, set forward, you know, hopefully set on a path forward where they each grow as people and, you know, they can hopefully just go on in life. Uh, But then I kind of came to realize that, let's say things, like, things did go that way, right? Throughout the movie, you know, if you pay any attention, things don't exactly end up happy for most people, right? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, It's just the way real life is. It, it it's, you know, people are put in unfortunate situations. Misfortune follows everyone at, at some point or another, right? And so, with Chiron, I felt like, I felt like he was given a, a chance to finally pick up and, and, and grow again. And from that, from that standpoint, from the, from just being able to, okay, maybe I can, I can pick up where I left off in middle school here, you know, with this relationship, explore this part of myself and what if it says, what if it puts Sharon in a position to be to some, to some kid, what Juan was to him, you know what I mean? Yeah. If, uh, like Juan's girl was not, was not trapping. She wasn't dealing in it, but you know, she knew what it was and she would tell him, you know, 
you gotta, you know, you gotta figure this out because it's obviously, you know, you're not too content with yourself and what you think of yourself, despite the bread, despite the money. You're not, you're not happy in who it, it forces you to say you are. And so, it's it's evident, I feel like. That that's where Sharon's going, right? Because Juan's heart was in the right place. Sharon's heart was in the right place. They show compassion, right? They show they show concern for for you know the 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 vulnerable, you know the the next generation, whatever yeah. it may be. They got heart. They got heart for for their neighbors in that way. But streets they, they took to the streets, you know. The streets made them tough, and and through through movies and through TV and through honestly through real the real stuff, man. The tough, the tough guy image is is so prevalent. It's it's so it's just so everywhere that seeing it in this light, how it really is, like what happens behind the scenes. Like these dudes don't just you know they're not just tatted up. They're not just bangers. These dudes are, bro. These dudes are victims of trauma too. These dudes yeah. are, are people who don't know how to express themselves. Like you know these dudes are are, are they may they may pull triggers right. They may they may. Tr- pulling a trigger may come easy to you if, if you've been doing this for long enough, but finding the right words to talk to a kid about you selling, you know, you selling, you selling stuff to their mom. That's crazy. That's a difficult kind of, that's a different kind of difficult. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. That takes a different type of toughness and it's trying and it shows tough, you know, quote unquote tough guys dealing with those trying times. And you don't get that in movies that often. I feel like not with that, not with that intimacy, and not with that level of of candor. Yeah. Not not often. So, honestly, the ending is really it's really up to interpretation from any standpoint. You know, Definitely. it, it kind of it's kind of inferred ending, I believe, by having by having these two characters leave off in this in this manner where they're they're reconciling comforting each other and letting each other know that one of the most intimate moments they've ever had in life was with each other right most defining too yeah but I think mainly what I what you can take away from the ending of this movie is that you know life takes you life takes you down a road in which sometimes you may never know what happened you may never know where it's going but there's a reason for it yeah, and there are people who you gonna come across that your your life can be shaped by these various people who you never realize it until you know later on down the line. Yeah, just hindsight. Yeah, look at like wow that that made an impact on me. Yeah, like because again, Sharon's character once you really look at it is just a result of the world around them. It's a result of all the people that that were around them, of all he'd seen. And I think, I think that's just a testament, right? That's yeah. a testament to how everyone is. Yeah, and I think having the movie end off by just showing us that, you know, we saw, like, we saw his life. We saw, you know, the environment he grew up in, the situation that that he was placed in, the people that interacted with him, and how they all, they all led down this one path to him becoming, you know, to him becoming black, to him becoming this 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 gangster who now deals in drugs. And I feel like... No. Go on. No, excuse me. I feel like this that was a beautiful way to just end off the movie. Most definitely. Because, yeah, as you were uh, saying. One thing one thing with Juan, right, was that he was the first person shown, right? He was the first person who got some uh, screen time. We got to see him. I think he was uh, stepping out the car or he was driving or something like that. 
Yeah. Um, but had had it been adult Chiron shown in that first frame like that in that in the first couple seconds, we might have projected, you know, the just the, the tough guy street life. We would not have understood his story. You know, we would not have understood that he didn't belong there. That that wasn't him. Yeah. We would have just taken that face value. You know what I mean? Like Juan comes off. You, Man, Juan comes off cool. Juan comes off, you know, he got, you know, who, like he knows who he is. Like he, you know, he steps up and he got his respect. He got his res- his credit. He knows he does. And that's just who he is. We would have, we would have applied that to Chiron immediately had he, had he been in Juan's steps there without knowing who he was before that. You know yeah. what I mean? I think that's something the movie definitely did beautifully, beautifully by showing us, uh, you know, Fully transformed uh, Tyrone all the way at the end, and starting with him as a kid in the beginning, we would not have been able to detect the the layer of vulnerability, you know, perhaps uh, had we not gotten that backstory. But what it also tells you is that yo, maybe Juan had that level of vulnerability. How don't you know that something similar happened to Juan, and that's how he ended up in the, you know, you know, and it, maybe the streets took him just like they took Chiron. Like it just it just happened. It's just the way things happen to go. And he he got older, man. You know, time years went by, years went by. He kept he kept trapping, he kept doing the thing. He couldn't get out the life, and then he was ashamed of who he was. So that's kind of foreshadowing what's likely gonna happen to Sharon if he keeps this up. He'll never face. He'll always have to deal with the fact that he's disappointed in who he says, and who he has to say he is. And and if he doesn't stop it in time, you know, if he doesn't if he doesn't address what he thinks his true self is. Lead, you know, before all those years and and before all that piles on, then man, you know, it could it, the streets gonna get you. Yeah, you doing the time or you doing the time? That's it. You, you, the streets gonna get you. That's nothing. No one lands it. No one lasts in that game forever, man. And and he understood that. But Kev was trying to, you know, Kev Kev was trying to make his best effort to reach him, to yeah. reach that true self, to try to, you know. And I feel like Kev, yeah, he may have, you know, the baby mama drama and that type of thing. But I think he's I think he's available. Like I think he's emotionally available. I think he's, you know, he's 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 available to so that Sharon can pick up and say, okay, you know, we should explore this together. Like, no, I don't think this is who you are. But I think you're there for a reason, you know, and just uh, who am I to judge you, right? But you, you know, you you can't be doing this. This ain't you. I know who you are. Um and that could it, while while it's well intended, it would make anyone jump in defense. You know what I mean? For for me to for you and I to catch up after a long while, and then you to just outright question where I am, it's like wait, so you just not okay? You know, so you gonna act like if you were in my situation, you wouldn't have done the same thing, yeah. or you know, you gonna act like yeah, it's like 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 you know that kicks in. Yeah, it's just a matter um, of like if the roles like if you were in my shoes, you would understand why I did the things I did. Yeah, so that that the amount of perspective and insight that was added on to to the situation of this of this hood dude, right? Is is just it gives you a layer that you just don't see. You just don't see when it comes to when it comes to that type of character or person in real life. You don't see that vulnerability that often. It's very it's very hard. I mean there's times where man years go by and somebody like Juan can't can't really speak about their emotions freely. They just don't know how to do it. They never learn. Cause the street, you never, you don't need that in the streets. You know, yeah. you don't need that. You don't need emotional vulnerability and communication. You don't. What you, what you gonna do with that? That just says weakness about you, if anything. But you know, that was the perception of it. You know, up until up until very recently. Now it's only now. You know, over the last couple, maybe 15, 20, 25 years. You know, I, I mean, what do we know, right? We're only we're young, early twenties. But 
it's very obvious, you know, from the behavior perhaps of our parents, from the behavior of our older siblings, that bro, that toxic masculinity was definitely more prevalent twenty years, twenty yeah, or so years yeah, ago most definitely. than it is than it is now. You know, now now it's it's a little more accept, socially acceptable for men to just talk about their feelings, talk about like, yo, you know, I I have I have these concerns at night. You know, these this this keeps me up. This is frustrating to me. I don't know how to deal with X. You know, these type of things are just stuff that would have would have brought you down, man. Would have brought you down the the social pyramid, the social hierarchy. You know, twenty years ago, you come out and say something like that to the homie. You know, like yo, man, I be I be crying at night. It's like what? What are you What are you talking about? What are you crying about? Are you telling me this? Yeah. I don't need to hear this. It's like that's that's not so much the case anymore. I feel like now. On average, right out of out of maybe a hundred people, you're gonna see more men who are willing to listen to it, or who are willing to at least engage in the conversation, or at least you know, just just provide like provide some comfort and, instead of the outright like yo, you know that's 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 not G, bro. Like you know, it's it's not it's not taking away your your status anymore. It's 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 a movie. I, I wonder is this movie set in? Is it the early two thousands? So the movie. The movie came out in 2016. If I had to guess based on, like, just... It looks stuff, like it, right? Yeah, so if I had to guess based on just when the, uh, you know, just context clues and stuff we see in the movie, because, you know, at the end of the movie, we see that Chiron, Chiron's listening to a song that came out around that time, and it was, it was, um like, more modern stuff, like an iPhones and stuff like that. I say that the movie starts off in around the 1980s, because, again, this is the crack ep- epidemic. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so it looks like a 1980s Miami. Yeah, so maybe late, maybe late 80s, early 90s, if anything. Yeah. And then, and then you know, ends oh, off man. in the 2010s. This is this is right before hip hop started getting crazy, uh, misogynistic and yes. just, you know, shock yes. value and and just rapping about you know, murdering murdering nuns and slapping priests and all this all this crazy stuff just for you know, yeah. shock value and just for for. Just to show how hard you were in the in the middle of a crowd. So this is this is this is at peak uh peak toxic masculinity, I guess. Yeah. Peak toxic this masculinity. This is where bravado where... and machismo were, yep. were just the norm. I mean, that was that was early breakfast, bro. You had you couldn't leave the crib without a little bit of a bravado on your chin. But you know, honestly was a great movie it is definitely worth the watch the movie is available on netflix if you have a netflix subscription you can just watch it there it's available on amazon prime i don't know if it's available for for rent or if it's available for prime users for free it is also available for uh for rent on youtube google play apple tv and itunes uh kevin thank you for coming on the show today this is all the time we have it was a pleasure having you My pleasure. And we'll see you all next time.